welcome everyone. My name is Amy Wenslow. Our company is Products to Profits. We work on package engineering, package design, pricing strategies, etc. all for consumer product businesses. So we help businesses cross the gap between small product, small prototype into a large volume business and we only work with product companies. So if that's what you're up to, you are in the right place. So let's talk uh, process for packaging first, because usually the problems that come up with packaging are because somebody didn't follow a process. So we'll talk process, and then happy to dive into some, some packaging problems you might be having, or we can talk about some of the common problems that come up. So let's see, um, perfect, we've got everything going, we've got webcast, we've got uh, wow, we've got people watching us on everything today. Okay. So grab a pen, grab your grab your uh, beverage, whatever, and strap in because I am going to go really fast through a couple high points, okay? And this is going to be a really um, meaningful conversation for everybody who's already done packaging but their product is selling slowly, and for people that are approaching doing their packaging and really aren't sure how that's gonna go. So there is a process to it. The timeline for good packaging to be done is usually at least a month total from start to finish, at least, okay? And I'll explain why um, as we go through this process. Do not expect really great final finished packaging to come out of any graphic designer in three days, five days, or a week. It's very difficult for you to pull that off, and you'll see in a minute why. Okay, so timeline is usually at least a month total from start to finish for a final package. Can be longer, it will depend on your project and some of the things that you already have lined up or do not. So. Before you start your packaging, there's a series of considerations that you need to think through. Um, there are things called form factor. That's the shape of the package, the type of the package. You know, is it a box? Is it a blister? Is it a hang tag? Is it a belly band wrapping around the product? So that's all form factor, okay? And you also have to think about cost targets. So is there only X dollars in the price of the product to allocate to packaging, um, or if you do really great packaging, is it gonna let you increase your price? So cost targets are important. We have a project that we were just working on for a client, and they didn't check with their manufacturer on this one part of the product, which was the limiting thing about the size, right? And so when we, we're looking at this and going, okay, this interior piece, if we raise the size of that to give us more space on the packaging, what's that gonna do to the cost? So they had to go back and spend basically a week and a half, two weeks, going back to their manufacturer and saying, hey, what happens if we do this and that? So it, it affects the timeline. So form factor, cost targets, what's the customer experience that you want them to have? How do you want them to move through the product as they open the box or open the package? Is there an instruction sheet? Where are their eyeballs gonna be? Things like that. So that's all customer experience and user experience. And there's also the customer psychology. 
Like, you want to think about that before you start your project because whether they're fearful when they open the package and they're looking for a quick solution or are they, is the consumer of this going to be an impatient kind of person or a detailed kind of person determines some of how you set up the packaging. So you're going to be looking at the market on that. So, and then from there, you're going to be thinking about what is the emotion and feeling you want people to have when they are working with this product or opening it or using it, and that affects your form factor, it affects the visuals. Um, and then the last thing you really need to think about is the space or shipping limitations. For example, a lot of retailers do not want something that's over 50 pounds per box if they can possibly avoid it because that triggers needing two-person lifting because of OSHA standards, okay? So the things to think about at the beginning are the shape of the package, the type of package, that's form factor, cost targets, price targets, the customer experience, their psychology, the emotion you want people to feel or have because of the product and the package. Um, so those are all market considerations. And then you want to look at space or shipping limitations. So that's just what you think about before you start, okay? Um, we actually help clients with a lot of that, so they don't have to have it all lined up. But know that you're going to get asked a bunch of questions if you haven't already thought of that. Um, then the second thing you need to do after those pieces are handled is actually gather what are called assets. And assets in terms of artwork are things that are helpful to your project, just like on a balance sheet, assets are good to have in your financial life. Assets are good in your business. So assets for packaging projects include things like logos, high-resolution images, text samples, the dye line that your package is going to be um, designed on top of. That's the cutting line, those kinds of things. And your UPCs, so the barcodes, if you already have those established, if you don't, many graphic designers can create the barcode graphic for you, but you need to think through the numbering of your product and the style numbers kind of thing. Um, so gathering assets. I'm going to recap. Logos, high-resolution images, text samples, meaning if you have a brochure that works really well, there's a phrase you want used, there's a list of benefits, any of those. Um, the die line of the package and UPC numbers, okay? Um, from that, the third step is to actually assign the work. So whether you're working directly with a graphic designer, you're working with an agency like we are, we do the assigning of the work um, to our graphics guys and our team internally. When we assign the work, we're actually looking at who's the best fit for this project, meaning who has the right design aesthetic, who has the skill set, what software do we want to use to create the, the graphics in, because the software has different advantages and disadvantages. Um, so in assigning the work, there's pulling all these assets together and putting them into a, basically an art direction document is what we use, and we're talking about who the market is, what the demographic is, um, you know, why are they buying the product? If we have samples of a competitor's product um, or we know we want to fit in a certain space, we're looking at all of that. That's part of the art direction, okay? 
So that's part of assigning the work. Then once the work is assigned, the graphic artist usually will do one to three sketches, maybe six. Um, our, our team, we're really dialed in, so it's usually at most six concept sketches internally. We work it through in a meeting, and we go, okay, yeah, here, here are the two that we want to look at further. Here, we're going to take this idea off. Um, and we work through all those logistics really pretty concisely. Um, then they move into actually doing the artwork, right? The actual creation of it can start at that point. So um, I know this is a lot to absorb, and I'll come back and I'll definitely take questions. But um, so once you start actually producing artwork, there's versions of it that may get created. There's kind of the, okay, we're going to put some placeholder text in this spot, and we're going to put an image that we don't have yet. We're going to save space for that. And the UPC is getting created, so we'll leave space for that. It's going to go over here. So you kind of get these first drafts that are loose in the software, and you know that you're going to replace some assets, right? But it's kind of get yourself on the map, okay? Then the project builds from there, and you're dropping in photo assets. Like, we do photo shoots for some of our clients. And so we may be looking at selecting the photos and figuring out which ones work first and which ones work best and um, where we want to use things, okay? Now, once you get into first drafts, you're then into revision cycles. Most graphics uh, companies will include some revisions in the scope of work of your project, okay? There's a certain number of revision cycles. One of the big pointers that I can give you about controlling costs of packaging projects is to give any revisions that you have in batches, right? Don't just ask them to open the file and change one line of text, right? And then they change that, and then you look at that, and you find this other thing you want changed, and you, no. Try and put as many as you can in one cycle, right? Um, sometimes you need to work it in a couple parts because you're going to swap a photo, which is then going to change how the copy works. But most of the time you can give a pretty good batch of revisions so that the file gets opened one time, there's a whole kind of checklist of things to change so that you actually save money and it'll go way faster, plus it's less frustrating for graphic designers to do work that way, okay? Um, they feel like it's a game they can win instead of that the end goal constantly is changing. So give batches of changes to save yourself some cost when it comes into revision. Um, we limit the number of revision cycles that we go through. Um, I once had a project that uh, really early in the company, before we really stressed to people, hey, we do batch revisions, it was, I kid you not, 14 revision cycles. And it was endless. And he got frustrated because it was taking a long time, and we got frustrated because it was constantly going into the file. And every time you go into a file and you make changes, we had to resave it. We had to keep track of which version was which um, and, and what the changes were. And because then, you know, somebody says, oh, well, I liked it better two versions ago. you got to roll it back. So it's really cumbersome for managing the files. So I want to let you know that that's the landscape that a lot of graphic designers have to deal with when you give them little bits and pieces of things, okay? So 
After you do revision cycles, you're going to move to test prints. And test prints, you're checking for things like typos, the fit between the product and the package form. Um, it could also be checking for, hey, is the package working at a distance? You know, can you see it from four feet away? Can you understand it? Is the benefit text good? Um, is there something that should shift around? It's kind of a, a final checkpoint, if you will. Um, on this, I want to make sure that everybody knows, never check your own artwork, okay? You will not see the typo that is, like, glaringly obvious to new eyes if you're checking your own work. Um, our internal process here, we have other people check the graphics. Um, if Alex is doing the graphics, Faye would check it, or uh, Maggie, or I would, or um, if Margaret's doing it, Alex may check it. So it's really important to double-check your work because there will be things that you miss that you can't see. Um, you also want to have any legal claims on the package checked out and um, reviewed by a packaging attorney, right, to make sure that you're legally compliant, see if there's any um, substantiation you need to do for those claims. Um, after the test print is all correct and signed off on, that's when you want to bundle the artwork files. And what that means is you want to get a print PDF, the source file, which is probably Adobe Illustrator or uh, Adobe Photoshop, something like that, right? You want the original file of it that is the final version of your packaging because that way you're not married to that designer forever and ever. You have the file that you can work with. So print PDF, Adobe files, um, and you might want the font that get used in the packaging because sometimes there's a special font and they can bundle that with the artwork, okay, so that your factory can always print it. Um, and if it's a photo, sorry, if it's a logo that you've had created, you may want what's called the vector file, okay? So that's what's involved in bundling the artwork files. Once the files are bundled, they can be um, sent over individually to different factories. You might want your factory to have the print PDFs only because the PDFs are harder to change. They're harder for the factory to mess up on. Plus, it compresses the layers. So there's a lot of pieces in there. Um, and you might want to have a set of print proofs made. Those are actual prints at full size, full color, exactly how you expect your package to look, except for being trimmed. It, you could have the Pantone color numbers. There's a lot of different pieces you can request. And you want to have a pair, a set of print proofs for you, for your factory, and for, in our case, we keep one for our clients too. Um, because we want to make sure that the product is consistent, right? So having a set of print proofs given to your factory that you know is good is part of your quality control process really early in the game, okay? So with that, um, that's kind of the process. So you're going to think about Form factor, cost targets, customer experience, market, emotion, space and shipping limitations. Then from there, you gather the assets like your logos, high-resolution images, text samples, die lines, UPCs. Then the work gets assigned to the graphic design team. Um, from there, they take it over. They do a first draft. Then they do revisions, um, go through revision cycles, back and forth with you, back and forth with anybody who needs to look at this once there's an approval. They do a test print. Um, we do a test print in the middle, too, just for our own sake, to see if there's anything we need to shift. 
Um, from approval of a test print, usually there's uh, bundling the artwork files, and then in our case, we do print proofs on the back end. So that's kind of the overview of the process, um, a little bit of an inside view and uh, perspective on it. I'm going to take questions, and so if you've got packaging problems you want a little input on, or there's anything more you need me to say about that whole thing that I just uh, spoke about, just on the phone line, you're going to press star 2 to raise your hand, and on the webcast, I am looking at the Q&A there, so you can definitely um, type things in. And if you're on Facebook, just type it in as a comment, and I'll uh, check it there. We get a lot of questions on packaging pretty consistently and a lot of misunderstandings. So I thought I would shortcut um, that whole process and let you know what's involved. Okay, there is a question from the webcast. Okay, what if I don't know if my images are high resolution? Okay, um, if you're not sure if your images are high resolution, you can check the file size. If the file size seems small, like it's, you know, under 100 kilobytes, um, you know, KBs, or you're not sure, you can give it to your graphic designer and they will tell you. You can get away with some lower resolution photos when they're really, really small on your packaging, but most people really need to have high resolution images, which are print quality, not from your website. Um, Files that are good for your web are not necessarily good for your packaging. Um, so, yeah, you you got to look at the file size, and then you can also print it really big if you want to and see if that if it pixelates. Um, graphic designers will usually tell you as soon as they start looking at the files. You know, we can pretty much see and go, oh, yeah, these are not high res. These are not going to work. And so you may need another photo shoot. Some design houses will do photo shoots. We do them. And we've actually done some for clients when they just weren't quite understanding the photo that we needed. We've actually just taken care of it for them. And um, in our case, if you need to add on a photo shoot, we let you know. We say, okay, look, these photo assets, you've got shadows on the product, or the people don't look happy, or the lighting is bad, the resolution is bad, then we will actually let you know and um, tell you what you need to do about it. On the photo assets, if they're not high resolution enough, um, your graphic artist will tell you, but it's less frustrating if you just know that you have done high resolution images, okay? Um, another question from the webcast. Uh, Michael's asking if I can run through just the, the highlight steps again, okay. So the first thing you're gonna do in your packaging is you're going to think about all the elements like form factor, cost, shipping, space limitations, um, the customer experience you want them to have, right? Then you're going to gather assets. That's the logos, high-res images, text, samples, dialine, UPCs. Then the work gets assigned to the graphic designer from that point, and that's usually done in an art direction document. Um, there's a lot of elements that you could have in there depending on your packaging. Um, then you go through the revision cycles. And after the revision cycles are complete, or sometimes while it's happening, if you need to double check something, you do a test print. Um, and that's where you're checking for the typos, the fit between the product and the package, um, 
and also benefit tax. Can you see it at a distance? Is it visible enough? Um, from there, you're, once you're clear that that's all good, then you would bundle the artwork files and then maybe do a set of print proofs. One for you, one for your factory. And in our case, we, we produce them for clients. Um, we do one for the client, one for, one set for us and one set for the factory. So, all right, somebody's asking, so what are the problems? Okay. The problems all stem from varying from this process somewhere. If you're getting a lot of customer returns, it usually means that the benefit text is off, the brand promise isn't being met, or the, the product is breaking, okay, which is part of the brand promise being met, right, that you produce a quality product. So when you're looking at you have business systemic problems like a lot of phone calls to your customer service department, that's usually from a product problem or a packaging problem. Product problem is going to be, oh, it's breaking or they don't know how to install it. They, they, the one about they don't know how to install it is also a packaging problem because your instructions are not good. Um, we have a client where we did some new instruction sheets for them and it dropped their customer phone calls in half, literally in half. It also um, reduced the return rate to the stores and um, other sellers by half. Your instructions are really important. They're actually part of your packaging project, but they influence a lot of your business processes as well. So, yeah, so fixing the problems is where didn't you do something? If your product comes in from your factory and the packaging color is off from what you expected, that's part of your quality control process. That's why you do print proofs. So if you didn't do print proofs and your packaging comes in all funky, that's what's going on. Other problems can be your photos look really bad. That's you didn't check the file sizes and make sure they were high res. UPCs, you know, there's a lot of confusion happening in the computer systems about which project is which. Well, your UPC strategy was probably wrong, okay? So follow the process and it'll shortcut a lot of the problems. If you're fixing a problem, then we have to actually ask the question, what is the, the core root of the problem and where didn't you follow the process, right? And then you may have to actually go back, have new packaging created or open the existing files, make edits to them and go back in. Cool, it looks like we're complete for today. Um, if you have a question on anything beyond packaging, I can take that too uh, right here as we wrap up. So if there's anything on pricing or working with your factory or any of that, uh, feel free to ask that as well. Oh, great. So the people from the Q&A are saying thank you so much for handling the problem that we were having. We never did test print. Mm, yeah, that, that, will, that will get it for you. So I'm going to uh, jump off now, and we'll be back in two weeks. Bye for now.